I don't take for granted things that happen in my life, and I don't think most of you do either, that just seems to be a word from the Lord at the right time, the right place. When I was coming in tonight, I walked by our receptionist's office, and, and I was handed a letter, and this came in. Our, our mail was late today, which is well, it's not totally unusual, but anyway, it was late, and so it was all st stacked on the desk, and this letter was handed to me, and it involves all of us, and I thought, you know, this is something that needs to leave the pastor's office and even the minds and hearts of the staff and to just be shared with all of us as to how important it is for us every time we gather together to know that Jesus is in our midst, that Jesus is here, and he does only what he can do. Let me read this to you. Dear John, and it really says that, okay, this is not a Dear John letter, all right? <laughs> Dear John, hello, my name is Patricia. I'm in the Fort Bend County Jail. I've had several DWIs in the past. I'm currently doing two to 10 years sentence for DWI and drugs. I'm facing a DWI charge. Um, let me pass all of this over. The state is offering me 25 years to life on this charge in Fort Bend. God knows I need a miracle. Now, this is what the reason I'm reading it to you. I've been incarcerated two and a half years. I attended your church a few months ago before I got incarcerated. You called my phone several times afterwards, but I wouldn't answer the call. I regret that now. I know you have a 12-step program I'm interested in if I ever come out of this prison alive. I'm already 53 years old. I believe you have a man named Dwayne that has been sober over 30 years that does your program. I don't know him real well, but I know him from an industrial group in Galena Park. You have to be an attorney to visit this prison here but for $6, you can video visit for 25 minutes. <laughs> I need $6 when I leave tonight, all right? Okay, no, no. I can help also call you if you'll send me a number. I can pay for the call. I don't have but a couple of people that are there for me. My mother that is very ill, and she'll probably die while I'm here, and a couple of other people. John, I need support, prayer, and guidance, if you will. Pray for me. Y'all know who Dwayne is? Dwayne here tonight, he comes over. All right, the Right Step program is what she's talking about Wednesday night, across the street, after church, and Dwayne leads that program. He's the one that for 30 years, he, he's a top official in McLean trailers here in Houston. If you don't have a boat, you've seen them because they're on every freeway. But here's a lady one time, one time came on the campus, and had an opportunity to be given a word, a look, and a touch, and then put with Dwayne, and I'm thinking, yay, God. There's power in the blood. That every day with Jesus is what? Sweeter than the day before. And the longer we serve him, the sweeter he grows. And it is so thrilling as we come into this time of Easter 
that we can be together here tonight. And I appreciate you moving in. I hope you got your $100 bill for those of you that are sitting out here. Uh, it's too late to move now, but, um, <laughs> but I hope that you understand that tonight is one of the most important times of our entire life. It's the thing that really gives us an opportunity to get ready for Easter because there is power in the blood. There is an opportunity for us tonight to really get prayed up and get ready for a great weekend. I hope you know all the times and places and so forth, and you'll come to what you need to come to. But I just wanted to take a few moments before we pass the elements to you and to me. And I want to talk to you about the blood of Jesus Christ, the precious blood. I want to read to you a passage of Scripture from, from uh, 1 Peter Chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversations received by, by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. When Peter wrote these words, he was an old man. He had a chance to look back at a life that had been very bizarre, sometimes up, sometimes down. He's a character that a lot of people can identify. Maybe all of us can identify with him. But I think the longer he lived, the more precious the blood of Jesus became to him. And I hope that's true with you, whether you're young or whether you're old, that every time we get together to worship, Every time we get to have communion, that the blood of Jesus becomes more relevant in your life and more real in your life and more comforting in your life. And when, when, you, you know, when we go out and we fail and we make all kinds of mistakes, isn't it good to know that there's power in the blood, not our performance, but in the blood of the Lamb? So in thinking about how is it important, the first thing I thought about is, I think, maybe it should be number one, it's the blood that redeems us. We are saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's with his stripes we have been healed. None of us by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his stripes we have been healed. Not only have we been redeemed from sin, but we've also been redeemed from the law. We don't live by the law, we live by grace. God's grace is sufficient. The blood is what made that possible. The, the blood is what made it possible for every single person to be saved. If it wasn't for the blood, it would not be a whosoever will doctrine. But it is. Do you agree with that? Is it not the blood that saved you, whether you're a young child or whether you're a senior adult? It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. <clears throat> I heard about a little boy who caught a sparrow. A man came by and he wanted to give him the sparrow. He wouldn't give him his little bird, so the man bought the sparrow and the boy would take the money, gave him the sparrow, and the one that gave the boy the money turned the sparrow loose. It's a good illustration of what Jesus did for us. He bought us with his blood, and he set us free. 
We are free from the bondage of sin. Think about that. We're free not by works, but by what? Grace through faith. And that's what makes tonight and every time we think about the blood so important. If Satan could, he'd destroy every one of us. If he could, he would take our salvation away. If he could, he could destroy our life. He could destroy our purpose. He could destroy everything we have. But he redeemed us and bought us back. He bought us with his blood. When you hold the cup in a few moments, think about that. Think about that power that is ours because of the shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope tonight that you can come and go out of here. If you didn't come this way, I hope you can go out this way and say, I'm free. I am free. Thanks to Calvary, I'm free. Thanks to Jesus and his shed blood, I am free. His body was broken for us. His blood was shed for us. We are his, bought with a price, and we're not only sinners saved by grace, but we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. The second thing I thought about is that the blood blots out all sin. It washes us white as snow. It'll be remembered no more. I don't think there's a person here that wants to stand before the Lord five minutes and hear your sins read out. I don't think, I know I wouldn't, and I don't think most of you would, but how wonderful it is to know that the blood blots it out. It makes us white as snow. Do you ever go out and look in Texas weather at clouds and watch them disappear? You know, when, it, when it's thinning, you know, the clouds are thinning. I like it that way instead of they're getting darker. I like it when they're going the other way. And you go out and you begin to watch them and watch them and watch them, and then finally the sky is clear again. It's not turning on a light. It's a gradual thing, but the blood of Jesus allows us to have sin blotted out. And then another thing that it does, it brings us close to God. The Lord gave his son. He shed his blood for us. You cannot take communion. You cannot worship him. You cannot read much of the Bible in the New Testament or Old Testament where you do not come to the realization that God loves me and you unconditionally. Absolutely unconditionally. Listen to Ephesians 2.13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. That what brings us into adoption is his blood. That is what makes it so powerful to have communion and remember tonight what we're going to remember in just a few moments as we personally take the cup, symbolic of the blood, and take the bread, symbolic of his broken body. But you know what? And this is one of the reasons that I had you move over earlier. Those, those of you that weren't here earlier, we had a little shift change early. But it not only brings us closer to God, but it brings us closer to each other. That's just what it's all about. We're family. We hurt. We hurt for one another. We hurt because we love each other. And grief is the price you pay for having loved. But the blood is what makes that possible. And it blots out sin. Our sin can be hidden only by the blood. 
Do you agree with that? We can't go into a dark enough room. You know, people will go to the darkness sometimes because they're drawn there by the powers of darkness. But the blood of Jesus is what cleanses us. And that blood brings us close to God. Religion won't do that. Only the blood does that. Going to church won't do that, but the blood will do that. There's power in the blood. Whenever someone dies in our families or our close friends, and it seems like there's more and more of that happening today, we get together not for communion, but we get together to grieve. But in the conversations that take place before the funeral, during the funeral, after the funeral, a few days afterwards, a few weeks, months afterwards, it seems as though as this one visits this one or this one talks to that one or gets a note from whatever, that all through this, that we're just gathering around the cross, our hope our, is in the Lord Jesus and his shed blood on Calvary. We can never overemphasize the power of the blood. We cannot replace the blood with anything else. There's another thing. The blood makes peace. There's the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. The blood is what washes us white as snow. And when we are washed out of our life of warfare with Satan, there comes a peace in our life. I hope when we go out tonight that all of us will have that peace, that that burden will be lifted from you tonight. And, and every time we get together, if not all of us, the majority of us have something on our mind that's heavy. And if we can just take that tonight, and I say our beloved deacons come to serve us, and we take that cup, and we take that bread, and we take that juice, that we will be, rem that we will be reminded that God is in the business of bringing peace into our life. Churches differ. There's all kinds of churches, but there's only one kind of blood. It's the blood of Jesus. And it doesn't matter where you run into it and what the label is on the walls. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. Question. Have you ever been mentioned in a will? Don't raise your hand. Have you ever been mentioned in a will? If your answer would say, well, pastor, I really don't think I have. I can assure you, you have been. Because it's God's will that none perish, but that all come to repentance. You're in God's will. God has provided to pay for your sin and my sin. And it is his will that none of us perish, but that all of us will come to repentance. And so that blood can remind us of that. He wants us to come home. If we're a prodigal, he doesn't want us to stay out there in the hog pen. He wants us to come home. So as we take this in just a moment, I want you to think about that. Listen to Colossians 1.20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. Jesus said this to his disciples in John 14.27. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Do you have that peace tonight? Do you want it? 
Would you like to go out of here tonight and have a peace that passes all understanding? I believe that you do. And I know I do. Where there's peace at the cross. There's room at the cross. And there's no reason for you to carry what God never intended for you to carry. But bring your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. I hope you know that peace. And if you're hiding from God, and, and some of us may be, we still like the darkness. We still like kind of get away by ourselves. But if you say, you know, I'm one of those that's kind of running from God right now. I'm kind of hiding from God. I don't know what I want to do. I hope tonight that's taken away from you. I hope you'll just run to the cross. That when you hold that cup in your hand and you're reminded of the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus, that he will just minister to you personally in a way that maybe you've never felt his presence before. The fifth thing I want to tell you is that the blood justifies. Romans 5, 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath. Finish it for me. Through him. Through him. Aren't you glad? You say, you know, I never, I never had anything growing up. If you have Jesus, you have everything. You say, well, I've never been left in a will, never been to court, nobody ever gave me anything. Oh, yeah, one did. God gave you his only begotten son. And he said, I want you to live as my child. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And my final two things is, and I like this one, the blood cleanses. It cleanses. It cleanses. I don't know about you, but I'm a sinner. Every time I sin, I feel dirty. If I have the wrong thought, say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, you just feel dirty. Notice how the places of sin are so dirty. You can smell them from the freeway. You don't have to go in the door. But the blood of Jesus, according to 1 John 1, 7, says the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, listen, cleanses from all sin. That includes your sin. It includes my sin. It's from all sin. The blood, the blood. And then the last thing is that the blood of Jesus, according to the scriptures I've looked at this week, the blood gives boldness to us in the day of judgment. We don't have to go before God with fear and trembling. We have to go with assurance that Jesus is there, that he is going to defend our case. He's going to say to the Father, Father, let him in. He belongs to us. This is my brother. This is my sister. And the father is saying, come on in. You know my son? You're a part of the family. Come on in. You're welcome in heaven. Our judgment is behind us. But Jesus is waiting for us to come home. I heard the story of a man that went to trial with a pardon of the king in his pocket. And he was not to use it unless he needed it. And he was found guilty. And he presented the pardon to the judge. And when the judge saw the pardon, he said, because of who you know, you can go free. I'm counting on that, folks. I don't know if there's any one of us here wanting our, our 
to impress all the folks that at the judgment today we appear before the Lord and say, look here what I did. I don't think one of us want any of that. I think we want the blood of Jesus to just cover us and make us like him. And John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. What is the truth? Jesus. What are you turning to for truth? I hope it's Jesus. Why are you here tonight? I hope you're here wanting just a fresh reminder of how much God loves you. And so we're going to do that. Thank God for our deacons that serve. These men are the men that you have set aside to join. They're all volunteers, carefully chosen to minister in whatever way that members of our church and others need to be ministered to. And they're going to be the servants tonight, and they're going to serve. I'm sure, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you, this may be the first time you ever took communion at Sagemont. So let me just tell you this. You don't have to be a member of Sagemont. This is not a Sagemont deal. This is a kingdom deal. But the Bible says, in order to partake it, you should know that you know that Jesus Christ lives in your life, that you are not worthy, but he is worthy, and he has asked for us to do this. And so I want you to just bow your head for just a moment. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and I want you to just have a little private prayer spot. And I want you to ask the Lord today or tell the Lord whatever you want to ask him or tell him to prepare you for the moment that we'll first take the bread and then we will take the cup. We'll serve both of them to you at the same time. And if you would, just follow the instructions at that time. But right now, if you're here and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, why don't you do that right now? If you've never asked Jesus to take over your life, if there's never been that serious moment that you can point to and say, that day I realized I needed the blood. I could not do it on my own. I tried and failed. But one day, you might have been hearing an evangelist like Billy Graham preaching. You might have seen God in the person in your family's life and you saw them set free from the burden of sin. But you just said later, not now. But tonight, right here at this moment, not knowing what another day is going to bring, while our heads are bowed and eyes closed, you would just say this from the depths of your heart, dear God, dear God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Dear God, I repent of my sin. I turn from it. I confess it. I ask your forgiveness for all the arguments I've made. I've told you that everybody's doing it. So that made it all right with me. I told you later, but I'm telling you tonight right now. I'm asking you with all that's in me to come into my life. I want to be washed in your blood. I believe in the cross and I believe in the resurrection. And I am looking forward now as I pray and get set free for you to come back to this earth again. So, Father, take my life and let it be consecrated now to thee. And it's in Jesus' name I pray and ask forgiveness of sin. Amen. Would deacons, would you come please and let's prepare to...
serve. the blood of Jesus oh precious is that makes me white as snow no other found I know nothing but the blood of Jesus for my pardon this I see nothing but the blood of Jesus for my cleansing this my plea nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fault i know nothing but the blood of jesus this is all my hope and peace nothing but the blood of jesus and this is all my righteousness nothing but the blood of jesus oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sing the chorus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fault I know. Nothing but the blood of
just take the cup and hold it for just a moment may I remind us again as we look Jesus paid it all all to him we owe sin has left a crimson stain but Jesus has washed it white as snow the Bible says as we take the cup that we do it in remembrance of him The bread, this is my body, which was broken for you. Once again, the scripture tells us as often as we eat this bread and take this cup, we proclaim what? The Lord's death until he comes again. Would you say this with me together? He is risen. Say it with me. He is risen. One more time. He is risen. Do you believe it? Yes. Amen and amen, amen. 